Welcome to the Connected Mom podcast, where we want to encourage you to connect more deeply with God, more empathically with your fellow moms, and more intentionally with your child. I'm your host, Becky Harling, and I have my illustrious co-host here, Sarah Wildman, who is in the thick of parenting herself. She has two precious little boys. They're going into the first grade and the third grade, I believe. And so it's a joy to have Sarah join me. And today we have a really special guest, Judy Dunnigan. Judy is the acquisitions editor for Moody Publishers. She oversees the women's Bible study line and the women's spiritual life books. She is an author, an accomplished speaker. She serves on the board of Deeper Walk, which was a ministry that her father, Mark Bubeck, founded. And her most recent book is called The Loudest Roar, Living in the Unshakable Victory of Christ. Hey, mamas, don't we need that? On top of all that, Judy is my very dear friend. She knows more about me than most people should know in a lifetime. (laughs) For over 30 years, we have prayed over each other's kids and now over each other's grandkids. Welcome, Judy. Oh, Becky, thank you. It's so much fun to be here with you. I'm so excited about this podcast and the opportunity just to be together today. Yeah, it's really fun. Well, Judy, we are going to jump into this book. It's always super fun to learn what prompted you to write this book. What's the background? What really led you to write it? Well, Sarah, ever since I was a little girl, I've been aware of spiritual warfare. My father, Becky, mentioned Mark Bubeck, and he's written some best-selling books on our victory in Christ and on the armor. And I think I was in middle school when he wrote the first book, which was decades ago now. And so it's actually part of my DNA. But uh, as I moved into women's ministries in my 30s, I started to teach more on our victory in Christ and the power of prayer and the power of God's word. And while I was heading up women's ministries at my church, I remember counseling a woman. She just came to my office for some encouragement and some hope. And I have to say she had one of the hardest stories I've ever heard. And it was very apparent that the enemy was coming at her on all fronts. She was considering leaving the faith. She felt like God had let her down. And I remember, I hope I encouraged her and gave her some resources and prayed with her. And after I said goodbye to her, I was walking back to my office and my head was just kind of down in defeat. And I just cried out to the Lord. I whispered a prayer. I said, your word, God says that the enemy is a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. And then I asked, why does he have so much power? And I'll never forget it. It's as if God whispered to me, yes, Judy, but I'm the bigger lion with the louder roar. I'm the lion (laughs) of Judah. I'm seated on the throne. And ultimately, Satan is a defeated foe. And so I started teaching on that more. And the Lord just opened the door for me to be able to write a book about the truths that I've been living many years and also teaching. I love that, Judy. You know, in this day and age, it just seems like fear and anxiety for mamas is on the rise. I know you and I dealt with that when we were young moms. I remember praying together over it. But now school shootings have increased. You know, there's strange illnesses out there like monkey measles. Whoever heard of that, you know? Monkey pox. Monkey pox, right. That's what it is. I can't even keep it straight. It's not monkey measles. measles. Don't freak out, mamas. It's monkey pox and COVID and, you know, rising gas prices. And there's so many reasons for mamas to feel anxious and 
fearful. And how does prayer help us with that, Judy? Well, I know for me as a young mom, especially, I was often overcome with fear and anxiety for my children, especially when it came to their health issues. We lived overseas. We lived in Brazil. I had a baby in Brazil, and then we moved to China when they were toddlers. And I, there were times I felt like the anxiety was going to take me under, like I was going to lose my mind. And I finally mm -hmm. started to turn those worries into prayers. So an example mm -hmm. of that is I remember when we lived in Michigan, my girls were in elementary school, and I heard about a little girl that had been snatched off her cul-de-sac, got off the school bus and snatched. And I remember just being overcome with fear, like, how can you protect your children? But I started to pray for that little girl because they had rescued her. And I just mm -hmm. started praying for her to find healing. And then I started praying, turning those worries that my children are going to be kidnapped into prayers of protection over them. Another thing that has really saved me and rescued me often when I'm in that spiral of fear is to pray scripture, especially mm -hmm. the Psalms. Mm -hmm. And I started doing that with Psalm 139, even when I was pregnant with our first daughter, because we knew we were moving to Brazil and she'd be a newborn. And I prayed Psalm 139 so much over that baby I was carrying. And then after she was born that I ended up memorizing it. And then mm -hmm. I did the same thing with Psalm 91. So I recommend those two Psalms for moms listening. They're beautiful Psalms and you can turn, you can read those Psalms out loud and pray them specifically for your children or write your own prayer based on the Psalms. And it's a way that you can calm your anxious heart mm -hmm. for your children and be praying God's word. Mm -hmm. So, Sarah, you're living in this society with the monkeypox and the school <laughs> shootings and mm -hmm. all of those things. And um, what has helped you with your fear? Ooh, wow. Well, actually, I'll say something and then I want to ask Judy her thoughts on it. You know, there's like twofold because when Jesus talks about the difficulty we'll face in the New Testament, you know, in this world, you will have trouble. So part of me goes, okay, this lines up with our worldview, right? Jesus tells us we'll have difficulties. But then, like you're sharing, Judy, I also know about God's power and that roar that's even louder than what the enemy's trying to steal and destroy, right, in this world. So on my good days, Becky, <laughs> I remember the Lord's sovereignty, right, and, and how he is working for our good, even in the difficulty, and that just because there is difficulty, it doesn't mean that he's not in control, right? Mm -hmm. But I guess, Judy, the question to kind of toss back to you is, yeah, how do you deal with, yes, this reality that this broken world has those difficulties and the enemy loves to use those, right, to discourage us. So on my poor days when I'm I'm more focused on the negative and the broken, what would you say to moms like me? I love that question, Sarah. And I know our God wants us to be so honest with him. He already knows how we feel. And um, mm -hmm. I know I have several friends who have children, young children with chronic illness or or disabilities, mm -hmm. and those are hard, hard places. And they do a lot of lamenting. And when we went through mm -hmm. a trial with our daughter's health, I remember um, my counselor telling me, Judy, I'm not sure you've ever looked at the grieving Savior. You know, God's word tells mm -hmm. us in Isaiah, a messianic prophecy, that he was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And we see that as he walked this groaning earth, that he wept at a uh, the graveside of, of her friend right before he was going to raise him from the dead. And he, 
he cried over Jerusalem. And I learned mm. the language of lament. And again, mm. the Psalms is a great example of that. Mm. There's more mm. lamenting Psalms than praise Psalms. And I really <laughs> see lamenting as a sacrifice of praise even and, and part of our worship. God wants us to come to him and even ask him the hard questions. There's a Psalm where David goes, how long, Lord? He says, how long, mm. several times. And so also that idea of praying scripture, is important, but I don't want moms to get caught up that there's a certain way they have to pray. Mm. I tell in my book a story about my grandmother who raised five boys on a farm and they, it was dangerous. They, they, several of them had injuries and sometimes she'd see them racing down the dirt roads on tractors or horses, just boys being boys. And her prayer would be, <laughs> she would tell us, she'd just say, oh God, keep them. That was her prayer over them for that day. That's all she had. Oh, God, just keep them. <laughs> and, um, you know, my grandmother, is. she did have one little girl who only lived three days. So she had five mm. boys who have lived in their 80s and 90s, and that one little girl only three days. And so I know she had hard questions for the Lord, some lamenting mm. prayers and losing that little girl as well. You know, Judy, I think of my mother-in-law. Um, my in-laws were missionaries in Africa for years. And there's a story that Steve tells about his younger brother, the one right below him, grabbing a snake out of the grass and swinging it around his head, you know? <laughs> and my poor mother-in-law, it's a miracle she lived as long as she did with all the, <laughs> the antics that the four boys would get into, you know? Yeah. But God protected even there. I, I heard a speaker this morning and I, I found it really interesting because in the book of Genesis, you know, when Eve sins, God talks about how there will be enmity between the serpent and the woman. And sometimes we forget that, yes, okay, Satan is our enemy, but we as women who claim the word of God, who raise the sword and pray scripture over our kids, we're an enemy to Satan, right? Because we're mm. placing a shield of protection around our kids and our grandkids. Judy, I remember very well when you went to China, you know, because I cried myself to sleep that night, oh. you know, because we were living in the same area. We had these mm. little girls and I just have to interject this funny story before we get back on track. I think Carrie was maybe two or three. I guess she was three. Christy, your daughter was four. Kelly, your daughter was two. And then I had Steph who was seven at the time. And then I had two older ones. And you and I had similar taste in clothes. And I remember dressing these four little girls alike in what we thought were the best clothes ever. These little strawberry outfits from Oshkosh, you know, and we had Aww. these big red bows in their hair. And I can still see the picture because my daughter Steph stood on the top of the slide with her arms crossed, sending hate messages with her eyes. She, and when I talk to her about it, she still says, yeah, mom, I was mad. You put that big old bow in my hair and you made me look like the little ones. Anyway, all of us have mom fails, but one thing that we can do for our kids really is praying scripture over them. And I remember before you had to go to China, how fearful it was because your girls needed shots. Do you want to tell about mm. that? Yeah, well, there were 14 immunizations recommended per child. And I did a lot of research and we didn't do all of those. But one we had to get was Japanese encephalitis. So it was a three-parter. And it was just really difficult. We had to go to some place in the hospital for infectious disease area. And I'm bringing in these 
a two and a four year old to get these shots. And mm. um, that started just a lot of fear. At that time, we went to Beijing in 1995. Mm. And there wasn't really anything like 911 or urgent care. And our youngest, Kelly, especially at three years old, was pretty deathly ill several times. And she mm. had undiagnosed strep throat and the, they wouldn't give her antibiotics because that rapid test showed she didn't have it. And I remember in the middle of the night, that's when I really just thought I was gonna just have a breakdown. I was mm. full of so much fear. And um, so Rick prayed with me, my husband, and then I called the pediatrician from China. So it was 3 a.m. my time in Beijing and 3 p.m. his time. And he actually got on the phone and helped calm oh. me down and said, in the morning when the clinic is open, you go ahead and demand, be a mama bear and demand uh, antibiotics in case it's strep, which can be very dangerous. But that was a night that God changed my heart because I think up and Till then, I thought I had made a deal with the Lord when I first became a mom. I pretty much told him I can handle anything, but I can't ever handle losing a child. And I held on to that pretty um, like vice, like grip on that, like as if God had promised me that. And so that night after I hung up with the doctor and Kelly was sleeping, you know, the, her ibuprofen had kicked in. So she was able to sleep, but she was dealing, her neck was getting stiff and it was terrifying. Mm. And But there was a surrender moment where I just almost as if I had her in my arms and I just lifted her to the Lord in prayer. And I said, she's your daughter. I mean, you love her more than I do. And I'm going to trust you. And I prayed for healing. But I was able to say, even if you have a different choice for Kelly's life, I will still love you and follow you. And that just really mm -hmm. changed my life as a mom, that surrender peace. And thankfully, mm -hmm. God healed her and the antibiotics did kick in. It was strep and it was getting to very wow. dangerous with no treatment. And she's now 31 and a mom of two little boys and married and one of my oh. best friends. But um, God did use that time in my life to surrender mm -hmm. those fears to him. Mm -hmm. I think as moms, we can be under the false perception that we have it under control, right? So that story reminds me of that, that surrendering. I mean, going to China, that's a little more extreme than some moms will face, but it really made you decide, right? Like, am I going to just decide it's all on me? <laughs> and I think that's a daily battle for me, right? It's just realizing, no, you know, these children are gifts to us. They're the Lord's, but still there's little ways that you think i can i can i can make it all safe and controlled right mm -hmm. and sad part is that's not true yeah. <laughs> so i think sarah and judy i i think god calls every mama to what i call that isaac altar moment you know similar to mm. you judy i had a moment like that when steve and i were missionaries in africa and our daughter bethany was 18 months old and we had to put her in an african hospital because she was so sick and i remember asking the doctor who came in she's not getting better what do you think we should do and he said i don't know what do you think we should do oh. and i just remember thinking i want to smack you um now i didn't but that night <laughs> i i got on my knees next to her crib in that dirty african hospital and mm. i just remember saying lord she is yours now I didn't jump up and down, happy, clappy pray. I was like weeping, like she's yours and you love her more than I do. Almost the same exact prayer you prayed, Judy, you know, mm -hmm. whether you take her or whether you allow me to finish raising her, I will praise you. And I think while not all mamas live in China or Africa, 
you you have to pray that similar prayer when you're sending your kids to school, when you're mm. sending them out to play on the playground or in a park. Lord, at the end of the day, you love this child more than I do, and I'm going to open my hands and trust you with this child. But it is a hard prayer, that prayer of surrender, right? And Judy, can you think of specific scriptures? I mean, I know you've mentioned Psalm 91, Psalm 139. When fear is just strangling you, are there certain scriptures that you pray of surrender? Well, we've been talking some about the enemy and how he comes at us. And I think a key scripture regarding that is Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18. And that's mm -hmm. where um, the Apostle Paul spells out the armor. And that is something I've known about, like I said, for years. But it was only a few years ago. I realized those pieces of the armor are who Jesus is. It's yes. Jesus who is our armor. It's. I used mm. to think it was my striving, like I had to have me being righteous, mm. or I had to have enough faith to hold up that shield of faith. Yeah. But I began in my study to see that it's His, we're dressed in His robes of righteousness, if Jesus is, if we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. And so it's His righteousness that covers us like a breastplate. It's his truth that is the belt that holds all the armor together. We're told he's the way, the truth, and the life. I think it's his peace that we can walk in, those sandals of peace. It's the mm -hmm. peace of Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. And even for our helmet, it's his salvation when our minds want to escalate with fear. And then, of course, we have the shield of faith, but it's also his faithfulness. We're told that in Psalm 91, where mm -hmm. it says the shield of his faithfulness. Don't you love that? That his faithfulness covers us from the top of our head to the tip of our toes and all around us. He surrounds us. He hems us in his faithfulness. And then it is our part, though, to pick up that sword of the spirit as the offensive weapon, which is God's word. Um, Jesus modeled that better than anyone. When he walked this earth and the enemy came at him after Jesus had been in the desert and fasting, he had to be exhausted and tired. And the enemy came at him in a fierce way. And each time the enemy threw a temptation at him, all Jesus said was, it is written. It's almost like hand-to-hand -hand combat. Like Jesus had that sword up against the enemy and eventually the enemy gave up. He came at him with three major temptations. And each time Jesus said, it is written. And so that is such a key to just mm -hmm. dwell in the word like we've been talking about and pray the word. And then of course, the other weapon that we can have is prayer. And I think the enemy is threatened by prayer probably more than anything that we can do. Prayer makes mm -hmm. him flee. And he hates it when he, we pray and he wants to keep us from it. And so that's a mighty weapon we have, prayer and God's word together. Can we pray the armor of God over our kids and grandkids? I believe we can. And I, my sister's about seven years older than me. And when she had her little one, she told me she prayed the armor on them. And I teased mm. her. I go, does the armor come in toddler sizes? <laughs> <laughs> And um, there's a new lullaby song called Head to Toe. I think it's Christy Knuckles who sings it. I think it. you're right. Yeah, I've heard yeah. it. Head to Toe. And it's the Armor of God song. And she uh, oh. sings through all the pieces of the armor. And so, mm. yes, I believe we can pray the armor on them. And it also helps calm your fears as you're praying over them, those pieces of the armor. Yeah, because it gives you something tangible to do. You know, mm -hmm. there's so much that we have to let go of as mamas, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you can't go with your child 
to kindergarten necessarily. You can't, he'd like to, but you can't like be with them when, you know, every, every second of every day. And even when you try to protect them from everything, they can get in enough mischief, you know, to do whatever. I, Steve and I have uh, identical twin two-year-old grandsons, Asher and Austin, and we affectionately call Asher Smasher. And when he was about 12 months old and he was an early walker and he just ran everywhere and he went careening into their banister. And I mean, she had pillows there. It's like he went past the pillows, split his head open, and, you know, they had to rush him to the hospital for stitches, and he wasn't even two yet. I mean, it was, like, so little. So no matter how much we try to protect them, uh, we can't protect them from everything. And yet we can know that God loves them, and he places protection around them. And I, I think the prayers of a mama's heart are some of the strongest prayers. And it's an interesting study. I don't know if either of you have done this, but where you go back through history and you look at people who have accomplished a lot for God and the history of their mothers that prayed for them. It's just really an interesting Mm. study. And it's kind of a wake-up call for us as moms because I think we're supposed to pray for our kids from the moment they're born until we die because we'll likely die before them, you know, And, and they need our prayers. I mean, at my age, Judy, at your age, our kids still need our prayers and they're adults, you know? And so the unleashing the power of prayer is huge. Well, if I think back on this podcast, if I were to give our mamas, you know, three takeaways, these would be my three takeaways. I would say first, find your prayer people because Judy and I have been friends for years. And there have been mornings early in the morning where I've called Judy crying. There have been mornings where Judy's called me crying. And, you know, we don't, we ugly cry together because we <laughs> love each other. <laughs> so our friendship is strong enough to handle that, right? Mm-hmm. And we pray for each other's kids and grandkids. So find your prayer people. Second of all, learn the power of praying scripture. You know, if you're not that familiar with scripture, if you're not that comfortable, comfortable with it, get a Bible, open it up to the Psalms and choose a few that you're going to pray over your kids. Look up the armor of God in Ephesians 6 and start praying that over your kids. When you don't know what to do at night, kneel down beside their bed and ask God for wisdom and pray mm-hmm. over them. And then the the third takeaway that I think we all need the reminder of is yes, The world is not a happy place. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on, but Jesus is the victor. He's already won the victory, as Judy says so profoundly Mm -hmm. in her book. The victory's Mm -hmm. already been won. Our responsibility is to live in the power of that victory. And so before we close, Judy, where can our listeners get your book? Oh, thanks for asking that. Again, the title is The Loudest Roar. They can find it on Amazon. It's also on christianbook.com and moodypublishers.com. So it is published by Moody, but Amazon is probably the easiest way to find it. 
And Judy, where can our listeners get in touch with you? Because they might want to bring you in to speak at their churches or to their mom's group, or they may want to subscribe to your devotional that you send out, your newsletter. Where can they get in touch with you? Feel free to email me at judy.dunnigan at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you, even hear how I can pray for you. Or also, they can find me on my website at judydunnigan.com, and Dunnigan is D-U-N-A-G-A-N. They can get in there and read some of the blogs that I've written. I have one called Psalm 911, based on Psalm 911. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Judy, that reminds me, my grandma passed away last mm. year, but she was a dear Christian woman, and she'd say, Sarah, when you're in trouble, you go to Psalm 911. <laughs> and that's great yeah. minds think alike. That's yeah. wonderful. It's so cool. I love that. <laughs> hey, Judy, would you close us out by just praying a prayer of blessing over all the mamas that are going to listen? Because I know it's not only the young moms that struggle Mm -hmm. with fear. It's us grandmothers, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's the moms of teens who are maybe pulling their hair out right now because they don't know where to turn. Would you just close us out with a word of prayer and pray blessing on the mamas that have listened? I'd love to do that. Will you pray with me? Oh, Lord Jesus, we worship you as our mighty God. We thank you that the victory has already been won over the evil one and over sin and over death because of your death and your resurrection and your triumphal ascension where you ascended and are seated now at the right hand of the throne of God. I thank you that your word tells us, Jesus, that you intercede for us. And that the Holy Spirit groans in prayer for us when we don't have the words to pray. And so the truth that the triune God is aware of us and praying for us should take our breath away. Jesus, I thank you that you know every mom who is listening to this podcast right now. You know what stage she's at in her mothering, whether it's a newborn or even just carrying her first baby or holding a newborn or raising toddlers or having preteens and teenagers and young adults. Lord, you know the burdens of their heart. You know their fears for their children. You know their joys and their sorrows. And God, I pray that you will draw them to the Psalms that will calm their anxious heart, that they'll be able to pray those Psalms out loud as they are burdened Mm -hmm. for a child. And Lord, we do thank you that you love our children more than we do. And we thank you that you are ever pursuing their hearts to fall in love with you and to choose Jesus as their savior. And Lord, thank you that we can stand firm in the victory you've won. And so may we wear your armor proudly and stand in what all of that means, that protection, that covering. I just wanna pray Psalm 91 and the first two verses. Thank you that she who dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Thank you, God, that you are our refuge and our fortress. Thank you that we don't have to mother alone, that you are the greatest parent there ever was, and we can come to you with our burdens and our fears and our hopes and our dreams for our children and grandchildren. We love you when we pray in the mighty and powerful yet very personal name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, moms, thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to the Connected Mom podcast. 
And we will see you next week where we'll talk a little bit more about connection and how you can connect more deeply with God, more empathically with your fellow moms, and more intentionally with your child. Make it a good one. Hey, all you moms out there, this is Becky Harling, and I love creating resources to help you connect more empathically with your child. One of those resources is a book that I wrote called How to Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. One of the greatest skills you can cultivate, really enhance that connection with your child, is the skill of listening. So how well do you really listen? This book is loaded with practical ideas to get your kids talking and to help you as you listen. You can buy it wherever Christian books are sold. You can order it on Amazon or anywhere else. So I hope you'll get a copy of the book and put the work into listening to your child.